Bible's real clear about uh, there were groups of people that were given to the church, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And one of the first things you're going to be presented with here at Harvest when you come here is the opportunity to serve. And we're going to be sure that we equip you and train you and, uh, so that you can serve uh, this, this area, serve the church or the campus that you're actually in. One of the other things is, is that we want to raise up new leaders for future uh, pastors as well as Harvest campuses. It's important for us to, to be able to equip and train and prepare people to do that work because we're all ministers. We're all the church that is supposed to be doing the work. So at Harvest, we want to be a place where we can prepare people for that ministry and get them ready to do that, uh, that work in the community and in the world. And not only is it for the purpose then of, a, of, of church growth, church um, connections, just harvest vision, but it's also equipping center for families just to do everyday life. Christ is alive in our everyday lives, and um, we work to uh, equip people to make biblical uh, choices and bi have biblical structures in place in, in their lives and in their families. I think one of the toughest things we face in life is to be equipped for the challenges that we have ahead of us, whether it's at work, at home, at church, or wherever it is. So the thing that, that really drew me to Harvest to begin with is that they did try to equip me for the things that I had, like being a husband, being a dad, being a son, being a friend, whatever the case may be. Now, it's been my choice whether to receive that equipment or not, but the fact is, is that it was there for me to have, and that was important for me to find because you know, I want to equip my daughters, and I can't equip them if I'm not equipped. What I'm going to talk to you about this morning is an equipping center, about, about Harvest being an equipping center, and about you being equipped. So it's twofold. Harvest is nothing without you. You, you is Harvest. You know, I is Harvest. We are Harvest. We are Harvest together. So if Harvest is going to be an equipping center, okay, you got to be equipped. Because if we're an equipping center, guess what? You're an equipping center. It, you receive and you give. Amen? Um, I, I truly believe, I truly believe this, that, that God has looks down on me at times, all the time, just some of the times that I actually hear it. But He's looking down on me and He's saying, Bill, you got this. You got this. And I believe he's telling you the same thing. I don't know what you brought in here this morning, and it really doesn't matter. You don't know what I've brought in here this morning, and it really doesn't matter. I got this. You got this. You are equipped, or can be equipped, for whatever challenges that you're faced with this morning. Marriage, parenting, finances. I don't care what they are. They don't go outside of the realm of God. Amen? You know what he told Joshua? You know, Moses had just died. Okay? And, and they'd been in the desert for however many years they'd been in the desert. I'm not going to get into that story. They were headed to the promised land, amen? They got focused on the wrong thing. What did they get focused on? They got focused on the giants. And they, they stepped out from underneath. You got this. Their eyes were on the giants, not on the Father. You know what he told Joshua that day? Joshua's fixing to take it all over. And he says, Joshua, I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous.
He said, Joshua, you got this. Bill, you got this. You got this. Equipped. We're going to talk about that. A couple of definitions of equipped. One is to supply with the necessary items for a particular purpose. If you're going to go hunting, you probably ought to get a gun, right? Or a bow and arrow, or a knife, or something. You need something to kill something with, right? <laughs> be nice if you had a vehicle to get there. You could walk, but it'd be nice. It'd be good if you had a blind or, or whatever it is you're going to go do. If you're going to play football, it'd be nice if you had a helmet, right? You can play without it. You can, play, you, can, you can live life without being equipped, okay? I want you to know you can do that. You can play football without a face mask. You can do that if you want to. Be better to get you a face mask. Be better to get some shoulder pads. You can do those things if you, if you want to. I want you to understand it. And I can go do those things if I want to. So, so you, want, you need the necessary equipment. The second definition is to prepare someone mentally for a particular task. Mental preparation. Mentally equipped. You know, he didn't give Joshua a gun. He didn't give Joshua a, a knife. He didn't give Joshua a club. He didn't give Joshua... You know what he gave Joshua? A mindset. He gave Joshua a mindset. He said, you got this. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Wow. Do you ever feel like you're not really where you might need to be? You know you're kind of right here. Okay? But there's some things coming on. Maybe there's some people around you. Or, you know, maybe, <clears throat> maybe it's your marriage. You, your marriage is here and, and you're around some people that your, their marriage is here. You would really like for your marriage. I'm just using marriage as an example. You can do anything with this. You really like for yourself to be here. Maybe it's your walk with the Lord. You're around some people that really love the Lord, really are on fire from the Lord, and, and you know the Lord. You know Him. But there's something different. You got a good marriage, but there's something different. You got good kids, but there's something different about that family. This morning, the, the distance between here and there, we're going to call a gap, okay? So this is the gap. The gap is, 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 the, is the difference of where I'm at and where I want to be, okay? You can recognize a gap usually because of a little bit of anxiety, maybe. Maybe a little bit of doubt. Maybe it's a little bit of fear. Maybe it's just irritation, just a constant irritation inside of you. When I find myself in one of those things, okay, because those are not of God. Anxiety is not of God. Doubt's not of God. Fear is not of God. Those are not of God, okay? I'm not saying I never get under those. I'd be lying to you if I did. But they're not of God. So when I catch myself there, here's what I like to do. I like to get real quiet, and I like to separate myself from that thing, what, that feeling, okay? And then I want to track that dude all the way back to where it came from. Because there's a lie in there somewhere that I took hold of. There's a lie. And, and, and I didn't recognize the lie when I grabbed it, Okay? Maybe it was two days, maybe it was three days, maybe whatever. Maybe it was five minutes. But I did recognize the anxiety that it caused because I could feel it in my gut. I did recognize the fear that it caused because I could feel that. And so when I get quiet and go back and say, okay, God, I want to separate from that just for a minute. I'm going to get quiet with you, Lord. 
I want to know where this came from. Help me track it back and, and, and just relax in that. Just relax in that time because that's good. God wants you to track that thing back. He wants you to find out where the lie is. And He wants you to apply His truth. You see, the enemy, yeah, the enemy would love for you to be hooked on drugs. Love it. Love for you to be hooked on pornography. Love for you to be hooked on alcohol. He'd love for you to be hooked on all those things. But let me tell you something. He'll settle for uncertainty. He'll settle for just a little bit of doubt. Yeah, he wants you to go over here, but he'll settle for this. You see, he wants to be the keeper of the gap. Satan wants to be the manager of your gap. And the last thing he wants you to do is find out the lie. He doesn't want you to get quiet. He's going to do everything he can to distract you from getting quiet. And what is uncertainty today, okay, maybe a little bit of fear tomorrow, maybe a little anxiety over here, may end up in, man, I just got to have a drink. Or man, I just need to get on the computer. Or man, I just need to, I don't care what that need to is, what started out as a little bitty gap turned into a big gap, okay? Could have been managed at a small gap. Satan wants to walk you down that road. I can remember about my oldest daughter's 15. She was three, so 12 years ago. I was a good dad. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I was praying this godly prayer over my daughter. I had my hands on her and everything. I was being a good dad, right? God, I want her to know you. God, I want her to, I want her to walk in your ways, God. I want her, I want your word to be so alive in her, Father. It's a good prayer, right? God, I want your Holy Spirit to be, just, just feel her, God. Just feel her, God. I want her to know you. Man, I'm pouring it out, right? Come on, church, right? That's a good prayer, right? You know what God said? She's not going to know me any better than you do. No, God, you didn't hear me. I, I can handle the stuff on my plate. I can take care of the things I got to deal with. I want you to help her with her stuff. I got mine. I'm okay. I got mine. You just help her with hers. No, Bill, that's not how it works. She's not going to know me any better than you do until at least she's 19 or 20, and if you mess up, well, then I will find ways to bring her back. But you don't have to mess up. Wow, God showed me my gap through her. I wanted, to, I wanted to close her gap. He wanted to show me my gap. And I was anxious about her walk with the Lord. Why? Because mine wasn't right. Mine wasn't right. And I was believing a lie in there somewhere. You know, the disciples are no different. They walked with Jesus for what, three years or so? Day and night. When Jesus died, okay, he was buried, he was resurrected from the grave, amen, risen, and he came back. Okay, that's the whole story. I'm catching you up. I don't have time to read the whole gospel. Did you get it? He came back, and where'd he go? He went to the upper room, and, and all those guys were gathered in the upper room. And I used to think that, man, they're just, they're just planning their course. They're going to go conquer the world. They're just making plans on how they're going to go, go and be the church. Amen? But you know what, guys? They were scared to death. 
They were scared to death. The guy that they had walked with and they had watched him lay hands on the, lay hands on the sick and they recover. Call the dead to life and they come walk out. Feed 5,000 people with a couple of fish and some bread. I mean, come on. They had witnessed all this stuff and they are thinking, wow, things are going to be different now. And then they watched him get beat, get spit on, get hung on a cross, get crucified. They're scared to death. And Jesus shows back up to them in the upper room. And you know what he said to them? We'll pick it up in Luke 24, 49. It says, and behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. Okay? But you're to stay in the city until you're clothed with power on high. Come on, now these guys knew Jesus. They already knew Jesus. But he said, stay right here until you're clothed with power upon high. Stay right here until you're equipped with the Holy Spirit. Guys, there's times that I just need to stay in my house until I receive the power from up on high. How many times do we leave the house on a daily basis without receiving, without spending time in the Lord, without letting Him infiltrate me in, in my thinking and the way I view things? How many times do we do that? And we're not the disciples. Those guys really knew Jesus. I know Jesus, but I've never walked with Him day and night for three years. So if they need to be empowered with the Holy Spirit, if they need to be equipped with the Holy Spirit, how much more do I need to be empowered and equipped with the Holy Spirit? Jesus knew that there was a gap. And He knew the only way to fill that gap was with His Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 16, it says, And He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, as a result of all that, here's the result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Why did he give some to be apostles? Why did he give some to be preachers? And I'm not, maybe he's going to give that to you. Maybe he already has. I don't know. It really doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not getting into that. What I'm getting into is why. He did it for the equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? Me. You. You're the saints. You're saints. And He equipped Curtis to be your pastor. He equipped others to, to pour into your life. Why? Why, did, why? why does He want the saints to be equipped? Why does He want you to be equipped? So that you can live in la-la land? Mm -mm. Why does He want you to be equipped? So that you can be a mature man. So that you can walk in the fullness of Jesus Christ. This verse 14, I'm just going to read to you how I interpret verse 14, okay? Because this, this, this really speaks to me. As a result of God doing that in people's lives, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed around by life, highly influenced and manipulated by man. Is life tossing you around this morning? Are you being highly influenced 
and manipulated by man? Because you don't have to be. I'm not saying life, I'm not saying your situation is going to change. I'm saying your mindset needs to change. Okay? Jesus knew that if he didn't anchor his disciples with his Holy Spirit, they wouldn't last very long. They wouldn't last very long. He needed them to be strong and mature. He didn't need them to be influenced by man. He needed them to be above that. It wasn't that man didn't try to influence those disciples. Man still tried to manipulate them. Man still tried to get them off track. It was that those disciples were above that when they were walking with the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be equipped, okay? So that life doesn't control us. So that He controls us. Let me let you in a little secret that really blew my mind. It's not the democracy of God. It's the kingdom of God. It's the democracy of America. We have a vote in America. We don't have a vote in the kingdom. It's the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. There's no other thing, okay? So here's the deal. You're a slave to one or the other. I don't care which one. If you're in the darkness, you're a slave to the darkness. If you're in the kingdom, it's a slave to the kingdom. And here's another deal. Just because I know the Lord and I I am born again and I do love the Lord, I can walk in darkness if I don't choose the kingdom. I can be a slave to darkness. If I don't wake up, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you must get up daily, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and what? Follow me. Daily, not weekly, not monthly, not quarterly. We don't show up for a quarterly report. That was real funny. (laughs) You don't have to be an apostle. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be any of those things in order not to be a child. I'm not saying that we all have to become one of those things. That's not If it's what you're hearing, you're hearing me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is you need them in your life. You need a pastor in your life. You need a prophet in your life. You need an evangelist in your life. You need a teacher in your life. You need those things in your life. Why? Because they are, the, they are to equip you. And then you can go and be a sort of a teacher to somebody. You can go and be a sort of a preacher to somebody. You can go and both be being equipped and equipping. You can equip your family if you're equipped. You can equip people at work if you're equipped. You can plug people into Christ if you're plugged in. Outside of that, you can't. Outside of that, no matter how beautiful my prayer was, and I should have wrote that thing down and patented it because it's a beautiful prayer. No matter how good it was, doesn't matter. Don't work that way. No matter how bad I want your marriage to be outstanding, it doesn't work that way. No matter how, it doesn't work that way. No matter how much we've, y'all hear me? So that's where Harvest fits in. Harvest is an equipping center. We want to equip you to be the church. We want to be the church for you and equip you to be the church. I need Harvest. I'm an elder and I need Harvest. I need it. I need it bad. I've got three kids, and we joke around the house that the younger two are harvest babies. (laughs) They've been at harvest all their lives, okay? But there was a time when we didn't have harvest. There was a time there where where Jerry and I, we were doing the best that we could, okay? We were doing doing all that we knew to do. We were reaching out. 
walk to Emmaus and all those things, and they're all good. I'm not, I'm, I love that. It was very, all those were impactful. We were getting CDs from other teachers, and, and, but it wasn't working. It just wasn't working for us. Fortunately, we had been involved in a church here in Canyon back when we lived here that, that was in that, that type of a church that, that, that had, that we did have a pastor and a teacher, and, and, and we, knew, we knew what we were missing. Okay? We knew what we were missing. We were trying to be those things. We were trying to be teachers and, and, and pastors and whatever and, and pour into people's lives. We were trying to do that, but our cup was so empty because we weren't in a place where we were being equipped. Okay? And that night, I was praying over Callie. And the Lord said to me, she's not going to know me any better than you do. Whew. That's the night that broke the camel's back, or the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And we changed churches. We knew we needed a church that, that could equip us. We knew we needed a church that could equip us from the standpoint of, of an individual walk with Christ, from the standpoint of a marriage, from the standpoint of being a parent, from the standpoint of being an employer or an employee, we needed to be equipped. And I called a friend of mine on the phone and he said, Bill, you're dying on the vine. You know, I, I, I love what Lyle said, but the vine needs to be alive. The vine you're hanging on needs to be alive. And if it's not alive, guess what? You're not either. And, and, and harvest is alive. I'm not saying it's the only church in town that's alive, but it is alive. It's a live one. And that's what we, we as a church want to be here to help equip the saints and allow the saints to go equip other saints. It's a, it's a, it just keeps passing on down. I'm happy to say that as I was preparing this teaching, I was up early one morning and I got a text from my oldest daughter and she was at an FFA deal up at Clarendon. She was having her first fruits too. <laughs> she texted me a verse that spoke to her that morning. Same time I'm having my first fruit, she has her first fruit. I've got another middle daughter that has confirmed so many things. You know, the Lord just speaks to her so freely, and I'm like, wait, what did he say? What, what did he say? And it's no big deal to her. He said this, Dad. I'm like, wow. I didn't grow up that way. And I grew up in church. I grew up with great parents. I'm not blaming anybody. It's just different today. But she speaks the things that God speaks so freely and it's no big deal to her to hear from God. It's like grandma called. She enjoys the phone call, loves it, loves grandma, but she hears from God like she hears from grandma. Is that, I mean, to me, that is so stinking cool. I got a little daughter that has, that's had more than one vision. Dad, I saw this. Tell me what she saw. Man, let's journal it, Cody. Let's write it down. What does that mean to you? Get a chance to talk. I'm not bragging on my kids. Okay, What I'm telling you is the gap is closed. They know the Lord. They know the Lord. Now here's the deal. If we don't follow the principles that get us out of a gap, guess what? We'll go back right through the same gap. We'll go right back. If they don't follow those, if I don't follow the principles that, that enable me to know the Lord more and to continue to grow my family and grow my marriage, guess what? It'll, it can slip back. I'm under the kingdom of God or the kingdom of the darkness. It's not, it's, there's no difference. I mean, there is, there's a huge difference, but I'm just saying, you can fall back. Just because we conquer something okay, in our life and we get over it, we still got to practice the principles that got us out. 
I'm not a finished man. Okay? I'm not saying that at all. I'm not a finished dad. My kids aren't finished. My marriage's not finished. I mean, that's, I don't, I'm not perfect. I'm just like every... I'm here because Curtis is in Colorado. <laughs> and because I love you. And because I love the Lord. That's the only reason I'm here. Okay? I'm not here trying to be like I'm somebody that I'm not, okay? I make mistakes just like everybody in here makes mistakes. I do love the Lord and I do spend a lot of time with Him and I do try to find His truth in all things that I do. But I find myself in some crazy places. <laughs> Private land sometimes, following your pastor. <laughs> I hope you are recording this, and I hope he listens to this. <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm not finished. You're not finished. This is a great place to be. Anytime you expose yourself to the presence of the living God, and He is a living God. Anytime you expose yourself to that presence, great things can happen. You prepare your heart to be here. Okay? You show up here. You encounter God. You receive what He has. You get prayer. You listen to Him. Follow Him. Great things can happen. The thing I love about harvest, one of the many things I love about harvest, is that it can equip me to close my gap. But it can also empower me to recognize a gap before it comes a big problem. Amen? I remember when Jerry and I first started coming to Harvest, there were things in our marriage, okay? We're, we're human. There were things in our marriage that weren't right. I didn't even have to address them in her because Paul did from the pulpit. I was like, yes, go get them, Paul. Yes. She's sitting over here and I'm saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here's the funny thing. Same sermon. She's on the other side saying, yeah, get him, Paul. Get him. <laughs> The Lord was speaking to us so truly and so freshly and we needed it. I didn't even have to address it in her. She didn't even really have to address it in me. We would leave there thinking, wow, wow. So if I draw near the Lord, she draws near to the Lord. Guess what? We draw near to each other. I address the issues I have. She addresses the issues. She... We become closer. And then we also just have straight on, head on marriage counseling. <laughs> Anyway, I'm getting off track, but what a deal, man. I, 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 but but here, here's the deal. A couple of weeks ago, and I know I'm running out of time. I'll, I'll try to hurry. A couple of weeks ago, here's the deal. The last 12 months of my life have been absolutely crazy. I, I left an industry that I'd been in for 20 years, okay? And I had an opportunity to purchase into a business. I did that. In the last 12 months, we've sold our house. I've changed my job, my career, my position, my everything. We, we moved to a real small apartment with five of us, which was okay. And now we live in a barn. They tell me the most challenging things for a woman are if you, if you move, town, move towns, move homes, and their husband changes his career and all these things. So I've just, I've, just, I've just challenged my wife, amen. I've just challenged my marriage, amen. I've challenged myself, amen. But, but here was, <laughs> that's enough. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. When somebody would call me and say, Bill, how's it going? Here was my answer. It is as it should be. It is as it should be. Because the Lord really spoke to me on all these moves. Okay? I, I knew the challenge. But when your house is on a rock, guess what? The storms can come. I don't care. I'm not on sand. I'm on rock. I'm standing on what God called me to do. So it doesn't matter what the giants look like. Bill. 
You got this. So as my marriage has been challenged, you bet it has, but it is as it should be. <laughs> I'm a faithful man, right? I'm a faithful man. I, I love my wife. I love my kids. So a couple weeks ago, Paul was preaching. And he says, you know, I'm so happy that it is as it should be. And he doesn't even know. I mean, yeah, he knows exactly what's going on in my life. And, and he would call. He was one of the main ones. How is, how's it going, Bill? Oh, Paul, it is as it should be. Gay men. Way to go. Thank you, Paul. Until a couple of Sundays ago. He said, is it as it could be? Ooh. Ooh. It is as it should be. I'm over here. But is it as it could be? Recognize another gap. No, it wasn't. It's not as it could be in my marriage. It's not as it could be in my work. It's not as it could be, but it is as it should be. So praise God that I saw that, I saw that gap and immediately started managing that gap. Okay, God, what do I need to do to make it as it could be? Well, take her to get a Coke. Spend some time. I'm just talking about my wife in particular. It's not that we have marriage problems because we don't. We have a wonderful marriage. But it's not as it could be. Amen? It could be better. Can always, and when I get over here, then I can celebrate for half a day that it is as it should be again. Okay, Bill, but is it as it could be? Well, no, it's not. <laughs> and you know what? I'm so okay with that. Because every time I get it as it, it every time I get to where it is as it should be, it's better than it was as it should be. And I keep moving on in my walk with the Lord. I'm going to ask you this morning, is it as it could be? Is your walk with the Lord as it could be? Maybe you can tell me it's as it should be. Maybe it's not even as it should be this morning. That's your, that's your, you've you got to answer that. Is it as it should be first? And if it is as it should be, is it as it could be? And move forward on that. We have many ways to um, equip you for life. Okay, Sunday morning, right here what we're doing today. Great place to be equipped. Worship, wonderful worship. And I know your other worship leader. She's the reason Curtis got hired. <laughs> and I heard that on the tape last week, so if Curtis didn't hear it from last week's message, I just want to make sure he's... <laughs> I'm just kidding. What a wonderful team. What a wonderful team. Uh, life groups. You know, I know Lyle and his wife are heading up Life groups, wonderful place, wonderful place, wonderful vehicle to hear from the Lord, to hear other couples, uh, what they're going through or what they've been through or where they're at or whatever, and you just share the same thing. Wonderful environment to be in the presence of God in a small setting, a very safe, safe setting. You can say things in a life group. You need to say things in a life group. You need to open your heart. You need to open your heart on this altar, this, this safe place up here. Uh, membership class. I did that so long ago, I don't even remember nothing about membership class. But I was told I flunked. <laughs> no, great deal to learn about Harvey. Freedom in Christ, great place to get, get your righteousness established. Do you understand you're, right, you're righteous this morning? What Christ did on the cross, if you've accepted that, you're righteous. You're righteous. Okay? May not still be as it could be with the Lord, okay? But you are righteous. You need to stand firm on that. So don't let anything challenge that or take that away. Freedom in Christ is a great place for that. Holy, Holy Spirit class, being baptized in the Holy Spirit used to I mean, just make the hair on my neck stand up because I didn't understand it. Didn't understand it. But now I know what Jesus was talking about. Don't you leave here until you receive the power from upon high. They knew the Lord. They knew the Lord. They, just not had, they had not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They had not totally received and given in to the power of God. In His presence, amen? 
Uh, kingdom families, probably one of the most impactful ingredients on this list for me and my family, okay? And for my marriage. Established a way for us to raise our kids. Women's retreat. Well, men's retreat, let's talk about that one first. Men's retreat, probably the most powerful weekend of the year for me. Awesome. Women's retreat, never been there. <laughs> I assume it's good. We'll go on from that. <laughs> Brett, you ever been to women's? I'm just kidding. <laughs> wind and fire. Let me tell you about wind and fire. When my wife and I first started coming, I was 30-some-odd. She was 30-some-odd, three years some-odd less than me. <laughs> But it's called Kid City Summer Camp now. But they would invite us to be counselors on this. We didn't even have any kids old enough to be in it. But we would go. And I'm going to tell you what, it was so impactful to us. Although I was 30-some-odd years old physically, I was 8 years old spiritually. And the, and the messages that Greg Brown, was he was in charge of all that then, that he was teaching impacted me, hit me right where I was at. Wonderful time. I'm so glad to send my kids there now too. Uh, boot camp. What a, what a cool place. I just sent two of my older girls to boot camp. I, if you've got kids in high school or junior high, man, don't allow them to miss it. Don't allow them to miss it. Men don't miss men's retreat. Kids don't miss these camps. Two Trees is the college camp. Our goal, from harvest standpoint, and everything we do, if, you, if you've been asleep, wake up. Because you can still get it. We want you to see things the way God sees them. Okay? That's our goal. That may sound easy, but it's probably the most challenging thing I do. Because I, I can't let this input cause this result right now. I've got to say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not of God. God, how do you see this? Because I want to see it the same way you see it. And if we'll slow down in life enough to do that one thing, it'll change the way you live. Because it'll change your mindset. If you begin to see things the way God sees them, you'll change. One night in life group, Glenn Quaby was talking. And he said the facts of life are this. Okay? And they're real. They're true. I'm not saying your facts aren't your facts. I'm not saying ignore them either. And they'll go away. That is not what I'm saying. If it's what you're hearing, you're hearing me wrong. The facts of life are real. The problems you're facing this morning, the things that you have, the baggage that you're carrying, whatever, is real. Okay? It's real. Do you have the facts? Okay? And then you have the truth. What I want you to do is view the facts through the truth. That's what I want you to do. And if you don't know the truth about your facts, find some help. Come up here. Get some prayer. Spend time in the Word. Ask God. God, I want to see these facts the way you see them. Tell somebody. Brett, pray for me. I want to see this the way you see it, God. And name this. Don't just come up here and say, pray for me. I don't do that. I'm sorry. you got to tell me what's going on. I'll pray with you, and I'll agree to God with you, and if I hear a word from God, I will give that to you. But that's it. That's it. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Help me, help me help you. Help me to find the truth to cover that up. You know, 
We always, and we need to, turn to God quickly when we have health problems. Need to do that. And, and sometimes that's the only time we do that. But what I, and I don't want to, I want you to always, what about your marriage? What about your personal walk with the Lord? What about your family? Where is your gap this morning? What are you anxious about? What, what causes some anxiety inside of you? You see, there's a lot of things that can make us feel anxious. And there's a few things that can make us feel equipped. And there's oftentimes our ability, we lean on it too much. God gave you that ability, and that's great, but not for you to lean on, for you to utilize and for Him to utilize. There's six things that will help us make, make us feel equipped. One is knowledge or wisdom. Two is experience or understanding. I've been here before. I understand it. Three is the right person. You know, if the right person shows up, I, I work cattle. If the right guy shows up and we're working cattle, man, I'm excited. But if the wrong guy shows up, well, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> so sometimes just the right person showing up can help us to feel equipped. When Pastor Paul shows up at some things for me, man, I feel good. Ability. Your God-given ability can make you feel equipped. Practice. Just practicing something can make you feel equipped. Discipline and self-control. Those are all good things, okay? They're all biblical things, matter of fact. And we need them. We, matter of fact, we need them growing. We need our knowledge growing. We need our wisdom growing. We need the, the right people growing. We need more of the right people. That, we need those things in our life growing. But here's the deal. What actually equips you is the presence of God. That's what actually equips you. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. I'm going to read that. It's a, it's a very impactful passage, and, and I'm sure you've all heard it before, but it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Let me tell you something, man. If your bones are refreshed, that's a good deal. That's a good place to be. It'll be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Now, are your bones refreshed this morning? Do you, is your body healed? Do you really feel that deep down inside that, I got this. Because if you don't, you can. Brett, thank you for being here this morning. Man, I'm so glad you're here. It means a lot. It really does mean a lot to me. Okay? That you're here. It really does. What did I just do? What did I just do? I acknowledged the presence of Brett Huey. Okay? You all knew he was here. You all knew he was here. But I just gave everybody's attention to Brett. And I really am glad that Brett's here. Don't take me wrong. But it says, says what? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. So when we're challenged, say, God, I acknowledge your presence right I want to draw the attention from my toes to my top of my head of your presence. You are in this deal that I'm facing, that I'm in, that I'm whatever. I acknowledge your presence. God, I love you. And I, I thank you so much for this time this morning, Father. Lord God, I just pray that this word 
penetrates to the depths of our soul, Lord God, that it goes to the place that, that You know it needs to go, God. And uh, I love You, Lord. Pray for Curtis and Allison, Lord God. I pray You refresh them this week and, and speak into their hearts, God, and into their marriage. In Jesus' holy name, Amen.